Welcome aboard here on a Friday. It's great to have you with us. I am actually uh, on the road today at one of my favorite places besides my own home, Shea Stadium, and that is the one and only Riverwind Casino. It is a huge weekend out here, your final chance to get out of here for another Beats and Bites show as they wrap up Beats and Bites 2022 with a great show coming up tomorrow night. Scotty McCreary will be taking the Beats and Bites stage Get outdoors. The weather's going to be cooler. It's still going to be warm. I get that. But they also have the misting machines out here. You'll have all the best local food trucks. You'll have retail vendors, games, activities for the kids, and some great music from Scotty McCreary to wrap up another season of Beats and Bites presented by Coop Aleworks out here at Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune, things are happening on the recruiting front. The Sooners up to number six. As you projected a long, long time ago in a galaxy, recruiting-wise, that was very, very far away, Derek LeBlanc would be an Oklahoma Sooner. He is an Oklahoma Sooner. He's committed to Oklahoma. But, uh, man, there are other things happening out there in the world of recruiting. And uh, let's talk about LeBlanc, and then we got to talk about Malachi Nelson at uh, A&M this weekend. Yeah, that's right, Mike. <laughs> Don't want to bury the lead. Somehow, Derek LeBlanc commits to Oklahoma last night, and that isn't the biggest news of the day as yeah, far as crazy. recruiting is concerned with Malachi Nelson in College Station at this very moment. But uh, LeBlanc obviously becomes the 18th commit for Oklahoma, highest-ranked interior defensive line commit for the Sooners since Michael Thompson back in 2018 picks the Sooners over Florida and Penn State. And I tell you what. Mike, I, I, I tell you one thing, Derek LeBlanc is not only all in with OU, uh, but he is starting to work behind the scenes as a peer recruiter, and there is some confidence that the addition of Derek LeBlanc is going to significantly impact Oklahoma's chances with DJ Hicks, the five-star defensive lineman out of Katy Pato down in Texas, so... Uh, this is outstanding for Oklahoma at face value, moves them up from number nine to number six in the overall team rankings for the class of 2023. But perhaps even bigger might be the ramifications that this commitment could have and how it might impact the decisions of not just a guy like DJ Hicks, but obviously most conspicuously a guy like DJ Hicks. Yeah, it would be great for Oklahoma. Again, the fallout uh, could be huge from, uh, and fallout's probably not the best way to put it, just the repercussions of Derek LeBlanc's commitment yesterday could be huge for Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. Because you get, Todd Bates gets on the board. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that Todd Bates would be able to bring some quality interior linemen to the University of Oklahoma. Derek LeBlanc is the first. And now you've got a top 100 player in Derek LeBlanc, you could get a top 10 player in D.J. Hicks out of this, and that would be huge for Oklahoma. And this is what we were talking about yesterday. Where is the Sooner ceiling? They're at number six right now, and you still have guys out there, again, that are huge for OU. Makari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson, Tasuli Akani, Jordan Renaud, D.J. Hicks, Malachi uh, Coleman, uh, Edric Hill. You've got other possibilities out there and the Sooners are going to get their share of those guys it's almost assured that again you're getting Jacoby Johnson and Makari Vickers that that will happen and more than likely to Suliakana where does that move Oklahoma nationally and if you get a guy like DJ Hicks and you add Akana and you add 
Edric Hill and maybe Malachi Coleman. You could talk. You're talking at least about a top three class and maybe the number one class in the country. Now again, that is kind of the fantasy island scenario right now, Mr. Rort. But uh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So the Sooners, man, I, I've never seen a month like this recruiting wise. Uh, and again, it's going to stretch into August as well. But this has been just. They've been on fire. And here's here's the thing, Mike. I did a little math last night with the 24-7 sports class calculator. Oklahoma is increasingly trending in the direction of having a top five class. Not just a top ten class, but a top five class. And per my math, when you look at the traditional benchmarks in years past for what kind of number, what kind of composite team score as far as the recruiting rankings that you need to log in order to secure a top five class, Oklahoma can have a top five class without DJ Hicks and without Peyton Bowen. Now, I'll say this. I'm starting to believe that DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen are warming up to the University of Oklahoma. I'm starting to believe OU might be the eventual destination for DJ Hicks and Peyton Bowen. If that's the case, if you go one for two with those two, in my mind, that just about locks up a top five class, Mike, which is wild to think, right? Because... I think ever since January, February, I've been I've been saying my expectation is that the Sooners are going to finish, finish somewhere in that five to nine range. Brent Venables and this Oklahoma staff are on the verge of exceeding those expectations. There's an outside chance Oklahoma finishes not just with a top five class, but with a top three class. And obviously, that's kind of a dreamland scenario where everything falls just so and you get all of the elite guys that you're in the mix for. But if the Sooners have a half-decent batting average with their uncommitted targets that are still out there on the open market, oh boy, Mike. Oh boy, there are going to be a lot of receipts pulled from circa late June when it was all the rage for Texas fans to dunk on OU fans for the Sooners' recruiting ineptitude. No doubt, and uh, also some Boomer Doomers out there, too, that were down in the underground bunker awaiting, uh, you know, recruiting Armageddon. And guess what? It is a recruiting utopia right now for Oklahoma. It's going great for the Sooners. Uh, You mentioned Peyton Bowen. I didn't even throw him in the mix. And it's expected, not expected, but there's a good chance he flips, committed to Notre Dame, still taking visits. You know what's happening out there? We're seeing this right now with Malachi Nelson, who was once committed to Oklahoma, uh, obviously seemed attached uh, at the hip to Lincoln Riley, to Mule Shoe, follows him immediately, I mean instantaneously after Mule Shoe departed uh, for USC. Malachi Nelson fell right in line and decommitted from Oklahoma and committed to Southern Cal. And now he is taking a visit. He is in College Station at Texas A&M. You say there are other SC prospects looking around. You know what this is? This is the Brent Venables you want to be really committed to us approach versus the Johnny Gigolo approach, which USC is experiencing right now. <laughs> and how beautiful would it be, Steve? I'm sure no one would enjoy it more than you if Mule Shoe's entire recruiting class ended up in shambles. Because Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, Are you kidding? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Any way you slice it, the news that Malachi Nelson is in College Station this weekend is it's not good news if you're a USC fan because I I said it yesterday. 
and I want to reiterate it, I still find it very hard to believe Malachi Nelson ends up anywhere other than USC, just given how attached at the hip he is with Muleshoe. But the fact that your five-star quarterback, the number two player in America per the 24-7 sports composite, the vocal leader of your class, is on another visit while still committed. And not just on another visit, but on a visit to a school that has become notorious for doling out significant amounts of cash via NIL contracts. It's a very bad look for USC. Yeah, and it's a very it, bad it, look it for Muleshoe. And if and, you're uh, considering USC right now and you're seeing this and you're a prospect that you've got Southern Cal in your top three, your top five, whatever, you've got to be thinking, what's going on here, right? Well, I'll tell you what's going on here. Like, you, you remember I said a while back that USC's move to the Big Ten was going to have an adverse effect on recruiting. How much is that playing into this? Because, sure, it's easy to point to the NIL market, particularly for quarterbacks, and you look at the number that Jaden Rashada got at Miami, and I know he tried to disavow that he made the decision to go to Miami based on NIL money. But you take a look at what the market has become for quarterbacks, on as at least as far as NIL is concerned, and you take a look at what somebody like Malachi Nelson would probably be worth if he were to hit the open market again. This feels to me like a leverage play from Malachi Nelson. It's, oh, let me see what kind of deal I can scrounge up elsewhere. Let me see what everybody else is willing to pay for a talent like mine, and then I'll circle back back around to USC and try and drive the price point up. To me, it's Malachi Nelson trying yeah. to get his mm. and using his leverage as an elite quarterback in this cycle to do so. And that, to me, is a culture built on quicksand instead of a solid foundation where you're looking at a guy that's been, as we mentioned, so close to Lincoln Riley, clearly wants to play for Lincoln Riley, believes he can get to the NFL because of Muleshoe, uh, but now he's decided, yeah, let's see how much money A&M might put out there. Maybe I can get more from USC. It's about me. It's not about the team. It's about the money. Uh, and, again, a lot of these kids are going to have that kind of attitude in this day and age in college football. And I'm not saying that, again, the Sooners, we've seen the new collectives rise up for Oklahoma and Sooner players are going to benefit from their name, image, and likeness if they uh, produce on the field, no doubt about it, and they're all going to get their share, even if you're on the roster. But it doesn't appear to be a, f- a foundation that's built on NIL and money. It's built on, as Brent Vittable says, relationships more than anything else. And uh, this just looks like – I agree with you, Parker. I think whether it's Nelson or Zach Branch or whoever who's committed to USC, if they're shopping around, man, that that does not look good. You know whose culture that looks like? That looks like a culture we've seen in Austin for a while where it's not, again, uh, one that I, I think results in championship-level football. So – We'll see how it's going to pan out. But, of course, I'm just petty enough to to uh, 100% root for the demise of Muleshoe because he's the guy who acted like, oh, you know, I feel like out here we can build a championship roster. You know, I had the fourth bet. I was always had the worst roster. I mean, come on, dude. It's Oklahoma. You think 
Does it look like this coaching staff is building a pretty good roster right now in Norman, Oklahoma? Because it looks like it to me. And uh, Sooner fans have to be excited about that. All right, here at Riverwind on a Friday, big show tomorrow night, Scotty McCreary, the final show of Beats and Bites 2022. Don't forget the Casting for Cash promotion. you got a couple days left. Actually, you have one day left to be one of the top five point getters on those specific e-game machines, and you could win a all-expenses-paid trip to the Florida Keys for a great fishing excursion if you're in the top five. So get on out of here and play on those machines. Thanks to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Give them a call. They'll take care of all of your heat and air needs, and they are our sponsor of hour number one. Coming back to Riverwind, uh, Caden McFarland at 1235, Brandon Drum at uh, 135 today, and, yes, maybe it is instant karma for Muleshoe. We'll be right back. We're back here at Riverwind Casino on a big weekend. Uh, final show of Beats and Bites 2022 is tomorrow night. Out here, outdoors, going to be a little bit cooler uh, than it has been. And uh, if you're worried about getting out in uh, what's still going to be, you know, pretty hot weather anyway, even though, you know, it's not going to be the scorching days we've had recently, Riverwind has uh, stuff out here to keep you cool, the misty machines and everything. You've got, uh, you know, plenty of beverages out here. I would, you know, water probably is a very good choice, particularly, you know, if you're going to have one of those Coop Ale Works craft beers, they're also good. I would also have a bottle of water to match that. Just saying. But Scotty McCreary is going to put on a, a great show tomorrow night here at Beats and Bites. And again, it is the final show of the 2022 season. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Parker, I don't know if you want to go there already. I'm game, though, if you want to go there. But, man, so much happening. Uh, this recruiting month has just been unbelievable. Yeah, I and mean, I, guess I, can, I guess I can publicly disclose it now because apparently he tweeted it. Peyton Bowen's in Norman. So really, do with there that we what go. you will. Do we know that – is he going to College Station too? Do we know that? You know, we do know he's in Norman. That's a very good sign. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, right? Uh, so I've, I've heard conflicting things. Uh, some sources have indicated to me that Peyton Bowen is still planning on being at Texas A&M. Some have indicated he is not. So we shall see what becomes of that situation. But – the fact that he is in Norman should be very, very compelling news for Sooner fans because, as I said weeks ago, Mike, you're going to want to pay attention to where Peyton Bowen is on this particular weekend. And regardless of whether he makes it to Texas A&M or not, today he is in Norman. So, and you're saying Jackson Arnold has a chance to get uh, a couple of teammates, Peyton Bowen, and that maybe maybe another prospect as well. Oh, you're talking about Ryan Yates, I assume, the four-star yes. uh, offensive or uh, defensive back, uh, also from Denton Geyer, committed to LSU. Yes, he is on campus as well. Arnold and the Sooners are working very fervently to flip him as well. I, I've said it for a while. I think the Sooners go at least one for two with those Geyer defensive backs, and there's a chance they pull both. There is, but I think a safe bet is that you go one for two with either Yates or Bowen. Yates is probably a little bit of a safer bet at this point, but again, Mike, Bowen's in Norman right now, and that says a lot. 
No doubt, and uh, that's good news for Sooner fans. And, again, they got the good news that was expected yesterday. But until you see it, you know, you see the graphic and you see it tweeted out, uh, you don't ever feel like it's a 100% done deal. But Derek LeBlanc, again, making his decision, committing to uh, Oklahoma yesterday. Uh, Defensive line-wise, he's one of the top guys in the country, top 100 prospect. Um, and, again, that's just a great start for Oklahoma with Todd Bates getting on the scoreboard. And, um, again, you think that could affect D.J. Hicks maybe ending up in Norman, whereas D.J. Hicks ending up in Norman didn't feel like it was a tremendous possibility maybe a while back, but it seems like it's uh, becoming a bigger possibility just about every day here recently. Precisely. And all across the board – uh, Mike, you are seeing <laughs> you're seeing Oklahoma make some big moves with some prospects that in years past, I think what Sooner fans have become accustomed to is well, Oklahoma's in the mix for a whole bunch of big name guys, and maybe they land one or two of them. But the fact that at this point in the cycle, you're starting to trend for Peyton Bowen, you're starting to trend for DJ Hicks, you're trending for Tecilia Kana, for Makari Vickers, for Jacoby Johnson. Oh, in addition to the five top 100 guys you already have committed. This is already a far better recruiting class, Mike, than any that Muleshoe ever put together in Norman, Oklahoma. The Sooners have 18 commits, and they've already basically sealed up a top 10 class. How many of these decisions go Oklahoma's way down the stretch? I think that's going to be key to watch because I think in years past, if the Sooners were in it with five top 100 guys, well, six if you throw in Jordan Renaud, that were still uncommitted in July, if you were an OU fan, you would be pleased if the Sooners ended up with one or two of those guys. It almost feels like a disappointment if the Sooners only get one or two of those guys at this point in time. Yeah, and you almost feel like, and you know, you've been talking about this, so that's uh, I've, I've become a lot more knowledgeable about recruiting. I'm not on your level, but because of you guys, you know, at uh, 247. Uh, okay, Brandon Drum's calling me. You may see what he's up to. Um, but uh, so anyway, you know, you would think Macari Vickers is coming to Norman. You would think Jacoby Johnson is coming to Norman. You would think there's a really good chance that uh, Tasuli Akana uh, again, the defensive lineman is coming to Norman Johnson, the uh, defensive back, Macari Vickers, again, the uh, the defensive back from the state of Florida. Even if you just get those three guys, that, again, is a great icing on the cake of a, a really good cake already. But, you know, I think you can even add to those that trio that I just mentioned, don't you? I mean, if Peyton Bowen, if he does flip, again, that icing gets a lot thicker and, and more tasty. But um, – there's there's so many possibilities. And then if you throw DJ Hicks or Edric Hill or Yates or Malachi Coleman, even one of those guys, in addition to what we just mentioned, it, it's an unbelievable recruiting haul. It really does have the opportunity to be a special, and I would use the word transformative class for Oklahoma because I think the expectation – as recently as a couple months ago, even a month ago, Mike, was that the Sooners were going to sign a pretty good class in 2023 and that 2024 was going to be the year that you started to see the elite players roll into Norman, that you saw the Sooners ink multiple five stars, a bevy of top 100 guys. We may not have to wait until 2024 for that, Steely, at this rate, because 
With five top 100 players already committed, that matches Oklahoma's most in the modern recruiting era. They're going to add more at some point. It's just a question of how many more. And for there to be this much momentum for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail before Brent Venables has ever coached a game, this is significant. And assuming that the Sooners validate all the hype with their play on the football field this fall, as you can imagine, this, I, I know it seems almost bizarre to say this about a 2023 class that has the opportunity to be top five, but this is a stepping stone. This is a launch pad. Looking ahead to 2024 and 2025, the Sooners have the opportunity to build upon what they've already done in this 2023 class and contend for the number one overall slot in the recruiting rankings. Okay, one of the things we've talked about is Brent Venable's approach. Again, if you're committed to us, no more visits. And we think the retention rate of these commitments for Oklahoma is going to be really high because of that uh, uh, philosophy that Oklahoma is employing in recruiting. I like that. I don't, it's not going to be 100%. The Sooners are going to have some decommitments here and there, but not as many, I think, uh, as, as a lot of other schools out there. What is the biggest challenge moving ahead towards December in the signing period for Oklahoma holding this class together? Is it all about NIL? Well, I don't. Uh, and again, Oklahoma's approaching kids who they don't think uh, are uh, apparently they're they're not putting NIL number one on their list, right? So what do you think the biggest challenge will be I to hold the, the class get together? Well, and I, I kind of touched on it a moment ago, Mike, but I think the biggest challenge is simply winning football games because – when you start to accrue all this momentum in the offseason, in the preseason, on the recruiting trail, one thing you have to do is validate the hype on the football field. And the hype that you've garnered has to materialize in the form of victories. And so for yeah, Oklahoma— and particularly before December. So don't, don't go losing Lincoln. Don't, don't go losing the Cotton Bowl. And both of those, you know, we'll, we'll see how Oklahoma fares. But, yeah, you don't want to roll around to December and have three losses on the ledger. No, because at, at that point you're Texas, right? And I know that seems kind of harsh to say. That's probably not something that OU fans want to hear. But that's the reality. If you put together a really, really solid recruiting class over the course of the summer, but then the fall rolls around and you flounder, well, then that's, that's what we've become accustomed to with the Texas Longhorns. For Oklahoma, if they can put a really solid class together and then go out there on the football field this fall, win double-digit games, and contend for slash win a Big 12 title, then that solidifies and really crystallizes the momentum that you've accrued over the course of the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. So, yeah, and uh, so, again, everything looks great recruiting, and it's only going to get better, folks. So if the Sooners go out – and they play lights out football, and they go eleven and one, and win the Big Twelve, and maybe they get to the playoff. Then think about what it could be after that. When again, I'm sure there are a lot of people saying, "Yeah, I know it's Oklahoma, but man, it's Brent Venables, uh, great assistant coach. Do we know if he's a great head coach yet? We're not sure. I'm sure that's how some schools are trying to sell against Oklahoma, and that will be taken away pretty quickly if the Sooners go out and uh, you know do on the football field, what they've been doing on the recruiting trail thus far early in the Brent Venables era. 
All right, break time right here. I'm live at Riverwind Casino. Love the folks at Riverwind. They always treat me right out here. I love it, love it, love it. Great concert tomorrow night, the final Beats and Bites show of 2022. Scotty McCreary on the Coupel Works Beats and Bites stage. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com or come right here where I am now, right by the box office inside the Showplace Theater or right outside the Showplace Theater here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Caden McFarland joins us. We'll talk a little college football. We will also talk about his rivalry and Parker's rivalry with Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods. Coming up next here on The Ref. (laughs) All right, welcome back. Mike Steely out here at uh, one of my favorite places, Riverwind Casino on a Friday, big weekend, Scotty McCreary show tomorrow night. Uh, You've got, again, the uh, final part, final days of the Casting for Cash promotion where you could win uh, one of five trips to the Florida Keys. For a big fishing excursion, plus $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash by accumulating points on specific e-game machines. And if you uh, feel like you're in the running, you better come finish, man. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Just like Alec Baldwin said in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. So get on out of here, play those machines, and get out here and close out Beats and Bites 2022 by uh, – Seeing Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage tomorrow night. Tickets only 5 bucks at Riverwind.com or here at the box office. Caden McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. And we were playing, or Parker was playing that excellent selection, by the way. Parker's very good at picking bumpers that relate to the subject matter. And uh, Caden McFarland, have you signed the cage match deal with Jeff Ketchum yet? Oh, oh goodness. Uh, I don't. I don't think that would go well for me. So uh, no, not not looking forward to signing those papers at all. But yeah, well, you're, was, you're was, in you're in different weight classes. That's the you're you're yes, you're in different right. weight classes, right? That's right. I I mean I only have his uh, Twitter picture to go by, but that is my guess. Yes. <laughs> so you you don't like your odds, Caden? I don't like them at all. Uh, been a long time since I've been in a fight. Part. Now I have a quick question because we can talk more about catch if you want. Uh, but I, I would love to know if someone of Parker's age knows the movie Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, I have never watched it, so any okay. reference that Steely makes sales, that movie goes over my yeah. head. You, if you want to go it, into sales, you've got to watch that scene, right, Caden? I mean, yeah, uh, you'll I probably look. go, yeah, I probably need to look for another line of work. Now, some people make a yeah. lot of money in sales, and to all our salespeople out there, congratulations. But Glengarry Glen Ross uh, made it look very difficult. Okay. We will get to the Ketchum situation later. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Caden uh, got into it with the uh, the editor of OrangeBloods.com. Oklahoma fans know all about Jeff Ketchum. Parker, do you want to explain how this incident went down and how you also you came into the ring for Caden <laughs> and it was a free-for-all? Yes, look, well, here's the thing. Caden is a consummate pro, and he wasn't going to say what needed to be said uh, because he is far too respectable to say what really needed to be said to Jeff Ketchum. Fortunately, I'm uh, I'm younger and dumber than Caden is, and so I got in the thick of it and had a little back and forth with Ketch. But, uh, yeah, I think that that was probably about it. You handled yourself well. You handled yourself. I, like, I appreciate that. I like. I'm not one for Twitter beef, but somebody comes after somebody else for no reason, especially somebody like you, whom we have on this show from time to time, and 
you've always been very generous with your time and do an excellent job up there in Tulsa. I, I, it was one of those things where I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed and I see that go down and I just can't let it slide. It's like, I, I try not to get involved in those things, but every so often my hand is forced. Uh, Steely, you should be proud of Parker. That's, that's a good kid right there. So yeah, it, for people who aren't familiar, catch was getting after Texas A&M for a lack of player development, I think in the secondary. And I don't know what's going on there. I don't, I don't know how A&M's developing or not four and five star recruits in the second. I, I, but I know what I know about the University of Texas over the last decade or so when it comes to player development. They bring in four- and five-star kids every single year, on the whole, better classes than OU for the last decade, and the results, obviously, way, way off the pace when it comes to that. Uh, and I'm no Longhorn hater. I mean, my wife's entire family roots for them. Uh, the very first story I did when I took a job in TV in Abilene, Texas, was on some junior quarterback from Jim Ned High School in Tuscola named Colt McCoy. Know that family. I went to uh, Texas games the year they won it all in 05 and then, you know, covered them, I think, some in 06 and 07. Like, I am no Texas hater, but you, there is no leg to stand on when it comes to player development at the University of Texas over the last decade. Maybe it'll be great in the next decade. I, it, maybe, maybe it'll be really good this year. I'm, I'm, that wasn't my argument. So I dunked on catch a little bit just by saying that Texas had produced the same number of first-round draft picks in the NFL draft over the last 12 years as the University of Tulsa has in the last two. And I'm not sure TU people are all that happy with me pointing that out because, you know, there are implications there too. But um, seriously, though, just stand in awe of that that fact, right? 12 years, two first-round draft picks from the University of Texas They've been doing all kinds of things wrong when it comes to player development for the last decade plus. Yeah, and uh, he came back and uh, came after, well, maybe you'll get out of Tulsa. Or, like, you know, Tulsa's a nice place. Uh, okay. You can you can have a build a great career there, and you're a sports director and raise a family. That's a pretty good life right there. So, Jeff Ketchum, come on, man. Come on. Okay, Uh any takeaways that stand out to you that have uh, led to some storylines for the Big 12 maybe you, you weren't thinking about after uh, what happened down at Jerry World? Uh, what, what, is, uh, what is the thing that you're thinking about most as we get ready to start practice now in six days in Norman and Stillwater? Um, what are you thinking about the Big 12 and how wide open it looks to be? Yeah, probably the fact that for the first time in a long time, I don't have any idea how things might go um, with the Oklahoma Sooners, what, what it's going to look like. I just have no idea. My hunch is they've got more talent than everybody save Texas. And my hunch is that they're going to be really well coached. And I, I think defensively they'll be better. Um, you know, I did some of the research on this recently. There's a metric, if you go by the FEI, last 15 years, OU defenses, the five best of the last 15 years were all coordinated by Brent Venables more than a decade ago. Uh, He left and they, they fell off a cliff for the most part. And, and last year's was, you know, one of the worst or basically what we've grown accustomed to for the last half decade or so. So I would imagine he comes in and the defense does play better, even though I don't think they have the talent on hand to make some sort of serious run at the very best teams in the country, those top three or four. 
Uh, and, and I think that things probably work really well as long as Dylan Gabriel can stay healthy. I, I think Jeff Levy, schematically, I think they're going to be really good. And, and my guess is OU probably ends up winning the Big 12, even though they're not as good as they would have been, certainly on offense, in, in 17 and 18, and probably not even the college football playoff threat uh, that they were in 17 and 18. Um, but I, I, I really don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. I, I feel like for a lot of years in a row now, whether I was right or wrong, I felt like the Sooners would look like this on offense, and they would look like this on defense, and they'd be able to rely on this. And, and I'm just not sure. It's, there are so many question marks for me, and it, so it's interesting. Um, you know, I, we get, I guess, an opportunity to talk to them again next week, but before we get to see them on the field, and I just can't wait to see these guys wrap it up and play on September the 3rd. And then again, a couple weeks later in Lincoln, which will be absolutely one of the biggest games of the year regarding, you know, I think how this season's going to play out for the Sooners uh, and really probably a, a pretty stiff test. Um, I, I just want to see it. I, I just want to see what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like it, it will, we'll continue to do this thing for a month where we're talking uh, the thing to death. Uh, but I, I just cannot wait to see what it looks like for the Oklahoma Sooners. That, that's where I start. With regard to OSU, lots to replace on defense, but I think they're going to be a really, really good team again. And so to me, the question is, in what way is Baylor able to reload? Kansas State being the team that probably has the most continuity, at least in the top half of the Big 12, how does that play out? And then the ultimate wild card is Texas. Uh, have they finally figured some things out? You know, last time we saw them, they were giving up 57 points to KU. Um, none of us believe that they're going to be that bad, but probably none of us in this state believe that they're as good as, say, ESPN's FPI says they are, uh, you know, making them the favorite in the Big 12 Conference. So I just, I just can't wait to start playing games and, and see where we are, and especially uh, where we are in Norman. And it, it, we'll be dissecting every little thing with regard to Brent Venables, right? There are just decisions he now has to make on the sideline that he's never had to make in his, in his coaching career, and that will be dissected. Uh, and just what does this operation look like? How buttoned up is it? Uh, I, I can't wait to begin to find out. Now, Caden, before we let you go, I want to take the two obvious answers to this question off the table. So uh, Dylan Gabriel being the quarterback is off the table. Marvin Mims being one of the most dynamic weapons in college football when he's getting the ball is off the table. Outside of those two, who do you think, if you had to pick one player, who do you think is the biggest X factor, whether offensively or defensively, for this team in 2022? Who has the biggest opportunity to impact their ability to win 10, 11 football games versus winning 7, 8 football games? Sure. It's a great question because I think seven or eight guys probably come to mind. I, I, I would have to look because I, I do think, I mean, you take Gabriel off the table and I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I would have, and I think that the offensive line, even though it wasn't great last year, I think the pieces are in place. I, I think they're going to be good. I think it would have to be somebody on the defensive side of the ball who has a really high ceiling and hasn't really come close to scratching the surface yet. You know, we've seen flashes from Woody Washington and DJ Graham. I think both of those guys are going to play really well. Somebody like Key Lawrence or Billy Bowman being really, really good obviously solidifies that secondary in a big, but I'll, I'll go with Aguebu, um, you know, who made one of these watch lists, I guess the Butkus watch list this last week. Uh, I believe in, in just in gathering some information on running that story this week, I discovered, I don't think he had a single tackle for loss last year, not a single sack, 
not a tackle for loss, not an interception, had the interception two years ago against Bedlam. I mean, this is a guy who looks the way you want him to look. <laughs> and just there were zero havoc plays one year ago. I, I would point to someone like that, if not him specifically, someone like David Aguebu, who I think has a ton of talent, and maybe all of that talent can finally be unlocked with Brent Venables in the mix now. Um, you know, and just the entire defense maybe raising its level and allowing a guy like that to go two or three steps above. But someone like that who has an all-American body and athleticism, if you will, but it, it hasn't even been anything close to that with regard to what we've seen so far. You get just two or three of those guys to pop, and I think we begin looking at this OU defense way differently than we have for certainly the last five years and almost really the last ten years. Like, maybe it can be special. Maybe it can be not just good enough to win the Big 12, but good enough to put a scare into some of the best teams in the country. Sooner fans would love that. Caden, good stuff. Great to catch up with you. Have a great weekend. My pleasure. Good talking to you guys. Parker, you're my man. (laughs) Appreciate you, Caden. Parker was basically like Tom Cruise in The Outsiders. Nobody starts a rumble without me. Then he jumps in and takes on the socias. Wait a minute. Parker is one of the socias, actually. As, as compared to the greasers back in the Outsiders. All right, we will take a break right here. Uh, thanks to Caden for joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We are at Riverwind, and we're coming right back. We'll get a couple texts in. It'll be kind of a quick segment uh, coming up, but we got a lot more to talk about. Brandon Drum will talk about the Sooners' red-hot recruiting coming up at 135. Keep it here on the ref. Is it uh, still possible out there to get your money for nothing and your chicks for free? I don't know. I mean, I'm happily married, so I'm not concerned about it. I'm just wondering. All right, welcome back. Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon. Thanks to Caden McFarland. Caden seemed very happy that you had his back, Parker, in the social media melee that went down. I mean, this was was a Royal Rumble-type situation we had. And you jumped in to defend an Oklahoma media member, and I think, uh, I think he wants to be like your best friend now. I think he was very impressed. He had to get that in before he left. Well, thank you, Parker Thune. I listen. You come after somebody on my side of the Red River, especially if you're a Texas homer that most of the Texas fan base hates anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll throw it back in your face. I don't care. You know, if uh, we should have one of those anchorman throwdowns, you know, who would it be? Okay, who would you? Who would be your draft picks? My draft picks. Hmm. Okay. Well, you of course uh, from our station. Well, Teddy, obviously number one. Uh, I think Tyler's probably pretty scrappy. TJ, uh, uh, for his weight class, I think TJ would be pretty scrappy. He's a very nice guy. I love TJ. But I think, you know, you get on the wrong side of TJ, could be a problem. So I think you don't want me because I'm old and I would be defeated easily. But I would go with we lead with Teddy. We throw uh, Tyler, TJ in there, t Row. I mean, T-Row, you, you don't want to risk getting the voice of the Sooners hurt in any way. Like if you get a you know karate chop in the larynx or something, that would not be good. So we'll have T-Row set it out. 
And uh, the question is, who becomes the other guy that jumps into action? Plank wouldn't be able to be there. He's got too many different uh, responsibilities. Plank would probably be calling the the SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, maybe Connor Pasby. He looks pretty fit. Former college baseball guy, right? So maybe we throw Connor in there. There you go. So... Yeah, I, I, TJ we, we Perry is married to a police officer, so I would think if only by virtue of osmosis, uh, he's got to he's got to have some scrappiness. I, I I think there would be a little scrappiness in TJ. Like I said, he's one of those guys. Like he's a really good guy. Um, I love TJ. He's awesome. He does does a great job as PD. He's super easy to talk to. All that stuff. Uh, like everybody there, but. I also think TJ was a guy that if you do him wrong and you really come after him or his family or, you know, anything that's close, he he holds close. I think the man could be like a UFC guy in the uh, 45-year-old division, 45 to 54 demographic would be, and he'd be pretty scrappy would be my guess. Yeah, I feel, I, yeah I'm trying to think who else do we have on staff. Tyler McComas. Tyler's another former college baseball guy. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah, no. I see. I think Tyler would be. Uh, he'd hold his own. Yeah. And obviously, Teddy is the enforcer. Teddy's like the Hulk of this group. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, our thanks to Caden McFarland. We've got another hour to go, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, Brandon Drum will join us to talk about Oklahoma. The greatest recruiting hall in the history of college football. Well, it's trending in that direction. Stay with us. Another hour to come here on The Ref. Friday, Friday, Friday. Welcome in. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. And a great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. And like I said, when you put words together, five of them that go together very well, no additional cost to you. That's a pretty good phrase there that, that's in your favor. So, again, remember the Seth Wadley Auto Group for great service after the sale and a great selection, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Brandon Drum coming up at 135-247-SportsOUinsider.com. I'm here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Tomorrow night is the final Beats and Bites show of 2022, the outdoor concert series. We started out with Starship and Night Ranger. Then we had Everclear, Sister Hazel, and Deep Blue Something. The Randy Rogers Band, followed by a fireworks display. And the last show on the docket is happening tomorrow night. You know what the temperature is going to be when Scotty McCreary takes the stage tomorrow night? About 83 degrees. I mean, that sounds like a cold front to me, right? Based on what we've been dealing with recently. So it's going to be a great night to get outdoors, bring your folding chairs, enjoy the very best local food trucks the Craft Beer from Coop Ale Works, presenting sponsor of Beats and Bites 2022. Activities for the kids. And, again, you're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great show. Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage to wrap up this year's Beats and Bites Festival concert series. And you can get tickets online at riverwind.com or here where I am uh, by the box office just outside the Showplace Theater. Okay. Um, 
Well, Parker, it's what you've been talking about. It's what Sooner fans expected. Derek LeBlanc made the call for Oklahoma yesterday. The Sooners are up to number six nationally. Uh, But the real big news on the recruiting front, and again, it's great for Oklahoma because the momentum just, they're they're still cooking, man. It's unreal. Uh, The Sooners jumped from 41 to number six in the country in the span of about a little over a month. So it's been great news for Oklahoma. But the national news is that Malachi Nelson, Sooner fans know all about Malachi Nelson. In fact, ESPN, and I don't think ESPN does nearly as good a job as you guys do, or even some of the other services do. But they moved Malachi Nelson to the number one player, number one prospect in the country ahead of Arch Manning recently. And he has been seemingly joined at the hip with Muleshoe first when he was committed to Oklahoma, and then the minute that Muleshoe pulled his sneaky self out of the Sooner State and went to SC, guess who followed immediately? Malachi Nelson. So you thought that that marriage, there can't be a divorce there. No way. Well, guess where Malachi Nelson is this weekend? Parker, you want to fill people in? He is in College Station, Texas, Mike. And I I said it in the first hour. I'll say it again. I, I believe this is more of a leverage play for Malachi Nelson than anything else. I don't think he's necessarily on the verge of flipping because uh, he is one of Muleshoe's cronies. He's a Muleshoe minion, you might say. He is. But I think this is more designed to up the NIL stakes out in Los Angeles because if you're taking visits and especially if you're visiting somewhere like Texas A&M as a five-star quarterback, the number one player in the nation, according to ESPN, then what's it probably about? It's probably about money, especially with the market for quarterbacks these days north of eight figures. So I think I, I don't think Malachi Nelson is going to end up anywhere other than USC. Of course, wouldn't it be great if I was wrong on that, Steely? But I, I think it's more the type of deal where Nelson's just trying to drive up the price point out at USC so that he can get his and still play for Muleshoe. How, how do you think that would go over? Let's say a similar situation played out in Norman, which I don't think would happen. But let's say Jackson Arnold decided, you know what? Mm, yeah, I grew up in the state of Georgia. I'm going to go visit Georgia. And you know maybe, maybe the the A and M example, same thing. I just want to go see if I can get a little leverage on my NIL deal. How do you think that would go over? If Brent Ven like if it's <laughs> Brent Venables would say, Jackson Arnold's like, like yeah. no, Brent would be like, decides, okay, we'll go find somebody. Like Ashton yeah. Cozart was the one that messed around and found out, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's right. It's kind of the type of deal where now Brent Venables can say, okay, you really want to try me on that? Because look what happened to that kid. Yeah. So, and, and again, Cozart ends up at Oregon, right? Wasn't that where Cozart committed? Yes, he's at Oregon now. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I was trying to remember. But, again, that is, it looks to me like a culture. A, you know, you want a good, solid foundation, right, on your home and your culture. And that looks like SC. If that's what's going on here, if that's what's going on with uh, Malachi Nelson, if that's what's going on with Zach Branch or any of the other SC recruits, if they're pulling that stuff, that's a, that's a foundation that's built on quicksand right there to me. You know, I don't know, man. I Even Muleshoe, as slimy as he can be. Muleshoe, what do you think Muleshoe's thinking? I mean, 
I'd, I'd love to know because clearly Muleshoe doesn't have the same policy, right? Clearly Muleshoe yeah. is confident enough in what he's building slash has already built at USC. He's like, okay, well, go go visit around, do your thing, take your visits. Apparently he's not worried. Now, I, he probably has a better handle than I do on whether or not he should be worried, but I think at a certain point you have to start tightening the screws because all it takes is one visit and one big bag for your five-star prodigy to decide, you know what, maybe I want to play football here instead. So you yeah, are, you are playing you, with fire if you're in mule shoes, shoes right now. What if you have to go back to your collective or your NIL guys and say, guys, you know what, we're going to need a couple million more for, uh, for uh, uh, Malachi Nelson. I mean, look, you – You've got boosters who love to be associated and feel like, yeah, guess what I did for the program. I understand you're, those guys are going to be, uh, you know, out there with every big program. But at some point, you know, if you have to keep going back to these guys, that's not going to be good either. Eventually, I, I wouldn't think so anyway. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to see how this is going to play out. You know a lot more about this stuff than I do, but I would still be surprised if uh, – Malachi Nelson wound up anywhere else but USC, but again, man, that just doesn't look good. It's not and a good. I'm a, not a good. If look I'm up. a recruit who's looking at USC right now, I'm a recruit looking at the University of Southern California. They're in my top three, top five, whatever, and I see the guy who is the bona fide star of that class, and again, the guy who just got elevated to the number one overall prospect in the ESPN rankings, and I see him going to A and M this weekend, like. What's up with that? I thought you were committed. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I This is where I am rooting for the A&M Bagmen for the first time in this process to come through with Fort Knox. Maybe they drive the Brinks, Brinks truck um, over to Malachi Nelson when he's in College Station this weekend. I, and the demise of Mule Shoe begins. Man, I, d- d- ha, here's the thing. The only way this makes sense, the only way this makes sense is if Mule Shoe is in on the whole deal. Is if he told Malachi Nelson, hey, you know what? Go to Texas A&M, do some reconnaissance for me, maybe do some secondary recruiting, uh, meet up with some of the guys down there and try and push them to USC. Even so, if that is the motive and that is the angle for Mule Shoe, and for Malachi Nelson, why? And why on earth would you do it in such a fashion as the fashion in which you're doing it? Because it's a terrible look for the program. If your five-star yeah. quarterback is visiting another school, especially a school like Texas A&M, at a certain point, it doesn't matter if he flips or not. What matters is that in the eyes Reception, of his peers, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, oh boy, is Malachi really all in with USC? And if he's not, why not? What's what's in the water out there in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, again, uh, interesting to see if anything, what, what the report is on Malachi Nelson after this weekend. I, I wouldn't think that we'd get anything this weekend, uh, and I don't think he's suddenly going to flip to Texas A&M. I'm with you. I think it's more a leverage move. And, well, maybe I should take my visits. But – College Station is not like just a destination that, man, I'd love to see lovely College Station. Let's take a a trip there. No, 
It would be about getting some leverage. I think you're exactly right. All right, we'll uh, we'll play the Jackson Arnold clip in the next segment. I've got Colin from the promotions department here at Riverwind. Huge weekend. Uh, the casting for cash promotion. Five trips to the Florida Keys will be given away, but also Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage tomorrow night. And it's, it looks like when he takes the stage, it's going to be 84 degrees. Yeah, it's starting to look like it's going to be one of the best ones we've had all year. Yeah, and I know that you guys still have a few tickets left, but they're selling quickly. Tickets online at riverwind.com, five bucks a piece. And, again, uh, all the best local food trucks are out here. Talk about some of the food trucks that people know about that are going to be out here because you've got a variety of food choices, everything out here tomorrow night. Yeah, we've got a variety. We've got some returning favorites, and we have some new faces that we haven't had out before. Um, Some of them we've got. uh, We've got um, Nacho Business, Chef Ray's, Barbells and Barbecue, Lucky Lucky Dumpling Company, Dust Bowl Tough, Fancy Faces, um, Coal Creek Winery is going to be there. It's going to be great. Yeah, and again, you can't ask for better weather. I love it because it's you knew this show was going to be very popular, and I know a lot of people who are going to see Scotty McCreary. We had to move back a family barbecue because too many people in Shay's family were going to see Scotty McCreary. But uh, so like 83, 84 degrees, that's sensational. But what about the atmosphere out there? What's what's it like? I mean, um, you've got so many things to do besides hear the great music. Yeah, there's all kinds of things to do. It's just a family-friendly um, community thank you event um, that we put on for everybody. So we've got the show going on. We've got face painters. We've got food trucks. There's bounce houses for kids. Uh, we give away little toys for kids, too. There's all kinds of things to do. All right. And we want to tell people, um, for instance, you know, this is a big Friday for me here because right after I shut down the radio, I'll be doing my stream over here inside the Showplace Theater now, which I love the new location. But tell everybody you've got some renovations going on and you've moved the games around. So if you're looking for your favorite game and you're like, where is it? Where is Open the Vaults? You've got three locations now where you have new game setups. Yep, there's three new locations. Um, all your favorite games are still here. They're just maybe slightly different. So whenever you get here, just flag somebody down, and we'll be able to help point you in the right direction. Showplace Theater, the Sky Bridge, and the River Lounge. Yep, those right? three. And the Showplace Theater is actually currently a smoke-free, yeah. non-smoking area. Well, um, it's been a big summer, and uh, Riverwind's always got great promotions. We've got some more to tell you about coming up. Uh, again in August, but uh, we hope to see a great crowd, and I know there will be a great crowd out for Scotty McCreary tomorrow night. Right? Yep, I think it's going to be a record breaker. Yeah, and that's what I'm hearing too. Colin, you are the man. You help me out here all the time. You are much appreciated, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Colin from Riverwind, working in the promotions department. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the folks at Riverwind because they're they're awesome and love working with them. All right, let's break right here. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley as well for sponsoring our second hour. Friday here at Irwin Casino. Parker back in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Let's get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line next at 405-651-3439. We'll get as many as we can in the next segment. Then Brandon Drum at 135 coming up here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. Oh, man. Appetite for Destruction was one of the great albums. No doubt. I mean, I had it on CD initially, but had to go back once vinyl came back to get that on vinyl as well. But uh, is that not one of the great album covers, too? What do you think, Parker, about Appetite for Destruction, the album cover? 
Oh also. gosh, my here's the thing. I was actually having a conversation with Drake Dyken before the show about how I am about the least artistic person that there is. So I, I, I honestly anything relating to art, I don't really put much of a second thought into. The one I, I, there are some brilliant album covers that come to mind. One for me is the Master of Puppets album cover from Metallica. That was pretty a pretty good, cool yeah. concept. Uh, I do like the Appetite for Destruction. I'm trying to think. Uh, man, I don't know. It, again, it's just not something I've spent a whole lot of time thinking about. It's a really good one. It's a really good one, the uh, Appetite for Destruction. Anybody, nobody cares about that, so I'm just an old man making up stuff again. But they do care about the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. So why don't we get there right now, 405-651-3439. Parker, lead the way. Jay from Medill says, maybe Mule Shoe is sending Malachi to A&M to try to get another bag to help pay for Jordan Addison's bag that they promised but didn't have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love that. See, USC, what have we heard? Now we got Malachi Nelson taking a trip to College Station, and we have uh, Zach Branch rumored to be maybe close to decommitting. And you have Jordan Addison after the big stir about Pat Narduzzi winning a cage match with Lincoln Riley. You've got uh, Jordan Addison saying he's not getting what he was promised. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's not all sunny out in supposedly sunny Southern California right hey, now. Perhaps he's not the only one whose check isn't clearing. Maybe that's maybe. <laughs> I hope that so. could be what's driving some of the. Uh, I, I don't even know what you would call it because it's not paranoia at this point. It's not really skepticism. Cold feet? Cold feet? Can you categorize what Malachi Nelson is doing? Yeah, as there's some, maybe some apprehension feet? or I don't know. I don't know. We, we, I we think maybe see. it's just pure greed. Could also be pure greed, which we know is par for the course for Muleshoe. Uh, one listener in the 918 says, College sports are in the crapper. Time to do away with this nonsense. If universities want to have sports, it should be semi-pro or club level only. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that feel that way. You know, we've, we've been so accustomed to college sports being, you know, the student-athlete, education first. And we all know there were trans ams going around, Norman and Stillwater back in the day. Both schools got in trouble this kind of stuff's been going on behind the scenes. Certainly not to this extent, but it's never been pure as the driven snow. You know, college athletics, particularly college football. But um, I, I don't know. Like I said, that guy might be, you know, right in five to ten years. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, we can get some kind of uh, – standardization or something when it comes to NIL. It's not supposed to, about, to be about getting kids to your school. It's supposed to be about their name, image, and likeness. And I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going. But I hope it's going uh, in a direction that we can handle because I can't handle college football being a total mess. You know, because we, we all love it here too much and around the country too much. So, Let's hope that we're not uh, sending it down a bad road right now. Doug from Norman says, Who is the defensive lineman Michael Thompson that you mentioned? You said that yesterday's signing of LeBlanc was the highest-rated D lineman signed since Michael Thompson in 2018. I don't remember seeing his name on the roster. What happened? So background on Michael Thompson. Yes, he was a class of 2018 signee for Oklahoma. 
missed the 2018 season due to injury, did not play in 2019, eventually ended up making the switch to offensive line by the time his tenure uh, at Oklahoma was over with, but entered the transfer portal in December of 2019 and has pretty much never been heard from again. So that was a pretty, pretty open and shut career for Michael Thompson at the University of Oklahoma. All right, let's keep going. Air Comfort Solutions tax line 405-651-3439. What else do you have? Nelson worried about Ann Arbor in November. That's and I, I, <laughs> Maybe. I, I touched on it in the first hour. Yeah. How much is that Big Ten move playing into all of this? And I don't want to jump to conclusions, but that's one of the things that I have heard rumblings of behind the scenes is that USC's move to the Big Ten is going to have an adverse effect on their ability to recruit. So we shall see exactly how adverse that effect is. But maybe, just maybe, this is playing into the Malachi Nelson visit to Texas A&M as well. Uh, (laughs) Somebody said, none of the above. How about they figured out their tax bills in California? Yeah, I hear it's pretty ridiculous out there. And... uh... Man, I, sometimes I hear stories. I don't know how people live out in California. Um, you know, it's uh, like Shay's cousin um, has a home in California, and she does pretty well, but it's a home that's probably half the size of ours. And not that we have some mansion or anything. I'm not saying that. But her home is like a $1.3 million home, you know, and it's – 1,800 square feet, maybe something like that. Uh, It's crazy. I don't know how people afford that, but somehow I guess they do. Some people, anyway. On the text line, Les says, like the balance of this class. No, it doesn't have three five-star wide receivers, but consensus four stars at almost every defensive position, interior D-line, defensive end, etc. That is one thing that's kind of gone understated about this class is with Muleshoe, there was always a certain imbalance. Yeah. Right, the Sooners would always have a very talent-dense position group, a position group or two in every single class that they really loaded up on with elite talent. But oftentimes that would come at the expense of numbers and or talent at another position group. And so it is refreshing to see that Brent Venables is recruiting top-flight talent all across the board and not just loading up at a single position and saying, well, screw everything else. We're going to get three five-star wide receivers. Now, the Sooners now have at least one commit at every single position group, and they have a blue-chip player at every single position group. I think that's one of those things that you have to be very excited about if you're an Oklahoma fan is the balance that has been cultivated already. And it's only July, but the balance that has been cultivated across each position group in this recruiting class. All right, we have time for one more before we break and bring on Brandon Drum in the next segment. Uh, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's get, like, one more in. Shane from Newcastle says, Mule Shoe made brisket and the 23 class lost respect. <laughs> Even at his beautiful uh, overlooking the uh, the uh, Pacific Ocean mansion that he got, maybe that's what Mule Shoe Maybe he'll just have that mansion. Maybe he'll end up like uh, Charles Foster Kane in a big mansion in Citizen Kane, but be very unhappy with the way things turned out. Maybe he'll say Rosebud. 
probably not. Older reference lost on younger listeners again, sir. That happens all the time here. I'm just saying. All right. Let's rush into a break right here. Come back. Talk about uh, Oklahoma's recruiting hall and this weekend, what's going on with SC and nationally. We'll do that with Brandon Drum coming up next here on The Ref. Here he comes again on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon Drum, 247sportsounsider.com. And, Brandon, I mean, the uh, red-hot recruiting continues for the Sooners with the commitment from Derek LeBlanc yesterday. Oklahoma up to number six nationally. How high do you think this Sooners class could potentially go, realistically? Realistically? Uh, you know, two, three, four. I think, you know, even I think they could hover around between two and eight, I think. Uh, uh, there's even some realistic scenarios that they end up number one, honestly, um, in the high school now. Obviously, the transfer transfers being put into the equation at the end of the year also kind of, uh, kind of devalues some of the high school stuff after National Signing Day in February. But, look... Uh, what Venables and his staff are doing right now is phenomenal. Uh, there's still some more things out to play by the end of August that could have Oklahoma at the three or four range if things work in their favor. So uh, this this is a, a class for the ages already, and uh, it doesn't look like there's any. It's going to stop anytime soon. And as long as Oklahoma has a good season during the 2022 year, uh, you would assume. Uh, they're going to be able to continue to recruit at that high level and finish out February National Signing Day on a high note, uh, get some nice transfers in, and hover around between you know that two, seven, eight range. Okay, Brandon, looking ahead to the party at the Palace this weekend, as it has been christened, uh, several commits uh, on campus for Oklahoma, several high-profile uncommitted players in the class of 2023. Uh, that are on campus with Oklahoma as well. If there is one thing that you are watching, uh, well, and I, I shouldn't even say that because I, I know you'll be monitoring this. Uh, Jacoby Johnson, the four-star athlete out of Mustang, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. as 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 a Mustang native yourself, you've been very tuned into that recruitment uh, from the get-go with him. And it seems like for most Sooner fans, it's just kind of been a case of hurry up and wait with Jacoby Johnson. There's always been uh, that quiet confidence that he will be a Sooner in the end, but uh, here we are heading into August of his senior year, and there has been no decision yet. So he's scheduled mm-hmm. to once again be on campus with Oklahoma this coming weekend. What are you looking at as far as a timetable on Jacoby Johnson's decision from where you stand? Uh, I, I Look, I think if he doesn't have it done by the first two weeks of August, he will have it done by the first week of September when season starts and I've been told I've talked to his family I've talked to people around him look this is they're trying to get this thing done right now there's been a few hiccups uh, as far as the announcement stuff goes and how they want to do it and then figuring out what they want to do and all that type of stuff uh, but they're they're getting the timetable lined out right now uh, he's going to be down in Norman this weekend I wouldn't go out I I guess I, I mean how I want to phrase this is he if he comes out of that uh, knowing he wants to be a sooner I wouldn't be shocked 
Um, and then from that point on, within the next, if it doesn't happen within the next 10 days or so after that, I would, I, one, I would be shocked. Two, I know for a fact that if it doesn't happen then, they're looking at uh, the last weekend of August or the first weekend of September to announce. So one way or the other, it's going to be done, uh, whether silently or publicly. Uh, it's it's going to be done, and then obviously the public route may take a little longer, but look, I, I think he knows where he wants to go. He's known where he wanted to go. He wanted to take some visits, not just for himself and his family, before his brothers, he's got two twin brothers in the 2026 class that are going to be superstars. And uh, Mustang has probably five, six, seven dudes coming up uh, through 27 on up through the 23 class and uh, that are going to be high-level P5 guys. Uh, so that this town's going to be where Oklahoma's going to live for a little bit as far as recruiting in-state. And uh, his brothers are going to be part of that. And I think he wanted them to experience it and see what they can learn through the process by going on these visits and stuff like that. So uh, it's been not just for him, but it's been for his family and his brothers, and I think uh, that's been the holdup more than anything else. What's going on with uh, Malachi Nelson and uh, all this USC <laughs> stuff? Well, funny, I actually was just on the phone with some Texas m sources uh, and was talking to them. Uh, pretty extensively and look this is uh to me it's more of a, a shaking the tree type deal if you will uh they're 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 wanting to i guess usc is struggling nil wise ironically that's one of the reasons why um Yilshu moved out there and wanted to go out there was because nil was going to be so much better out on the west coast mm-hmm. and come to find out I love it. yeah, it's, it's not happening and uh, it's happening for big-name stars, but there's other people out there that, as far as recruits go, their NIL package just isn't on the level of even Oklahoma or an Arkansas or, you know, just, just run-of-the-mill NIL stuff. Like, they're, they're struggling to get that. And I think this, is, this type of stuff is more of a shake-the-tree deal. Like, Makai Lemon, for instance, like, there's a coach that's going to be accompanying – Malachi Nelson out there on the trip and uh, from Los Alamitos. And from my understanding, it is they're just kind of scouting, you know, looking around, seeing what's going to go on there. Uh, it's kind of a backup plan. And honestly, there's been buzz that he may visit UCLA. I mean, like there's, there's stuff going on out there that it, it doesn't seem like he wants to leave USC. It seems like he's shaking the tree to try to get what he thinks he deserves. And uh, just like some of the other top quarterbacks in the country and as long as you know some of that's not happening and maybe usc isn't going to happen in that realm uh it gives them options and leaves them open because texas a is also hoping uh hosting uh oh my gosh uh the former baylor quarterback committed quarterback parker you can help me out austin novasad uh, novasad there we go uh novasad i almost said niedemeyer and that was totally that's that's flyer my marcus but uh, in LSU, but yeah, Novasad is also going to be on campus at the same time. Uh, so we'll see how all that plays out and how they manage those two quarterbacks. Uh, I I would assume Novasad's still going to be their top guy just because it makes sense; it's the easiest route. But if they can pull a Malachi Nelson and Texas A&M, I think that would be just a huge deal for Jimbo Fisher. All right, so uh, of the. 
other names that have been prominently mentioned that are out there for Oklahoma that they could add to this mix that's already number six nationally. Uh, I know you addressed Jacoby Johnson, Makari mm-hmm. Vickers, Tasuli mm-hmm. Akana, Jordan Renaud. Uh, Parker seems to think, again, that Derek LeBlanc's uh, you know, commitment to Oklahoma can help the Sooners sway D.J. Hicks perhaps down the road. Malachi yep. Coleman, Edric Hill, uh, Peyton Bowen flipping, and you know, the other kid from Denton uh, flipping as well. How many of these guys do you feel pretty good about Oklahoma being able to commit and join this class at I think this juncture? With, well, with, with Jordan Renaud, I mean, it's in Oklahoma, Alabama, and I would lean Alabama right now, but this the visit this weekend hasn't happened. So he's been kind of favored the team that he visits last. He's visited Alabama twice since the last time he visited Oklahoma. Uh, he's done an official to Alabama and an official to Alabama. He's only official, unofficial to Oklahoma twice. Uh, he's taken his third unofficial to Oklahoma. And on top of that, he is uh, going to take an official to Oklahoma during the season. So, uh, I like Oklahoma's chances with him, but at the same time, if I had to pick right now, like if he was going to sit down and pick a school right now, I think Jordan would not pick Alabama. But I think it's close, real, real close. Uh, and that's why I think at the end of the day, Oklahoma has a really good chance to pull this off, especially with the momentum they have on the recruiting trail. Uh, you name Makari Vickers, obviously visiting Oklahoma again, will be in town. He's already been in town, will be in town for four more. He's, he'll be a total of four days. Uh, in town when his, this visit's all said and done, unofficial. He's going to announce on August 26th. I like Oklahoma's chances there. I actually think they lead. Uh, and I think silently he may have it done by the time this weekend's up, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Anthony Evans is on a cruise right now. He's not visiting Oklahoma. He's not visiting Texas A&M. He's not visiting Georgia. He's not taking any visits during the month of July. He's going to relax, hang out with his family before the football season announced, just like McCarty Vickers on August 26th, and when that takes place, uh, look, uh, I, I talked to some people. Uh, I, I've always believed it was Oklahoma. People I talk to believe it's Oklahoma. There's some buzz about Georgia, but uh, I'm not hearing that strong a buzz on Georgia just yet, so I would pick Oklahoma right now as well. Uh, you named a few more guys. I'm trying to thank Edric Hill. Uh, look, Tisuli Akana, he didn't. He's not going to make it in. Uh, I was told that last night, and he's totally brain lapsed on that this morning. And uh, look, he, it's it's more of a. I think Parker went into detail on it. It's more of a thought it was going to be an OV. It's an unofficial. He's not going to make it in. Going to take an official now during the season uh, and make it right. Coach Venables is pushing really hard for him. That's his lead recruiter. And so you still kind of got to like Oklahoma's chances there. And when you talk to people out in the Mountain West region, they still like OU as the leader. So uh, there's a lot. There's another guy, Colton Bass, visited Texas yesterday, going to be in town today at Oklahoma. I was supposed to be visiting Texas Tech, and I thought that's what was going to happen this weekend. And I don't know how that's going to happen now, but we'll see. Uh, Look, uh, he's in in Norman today. Uh, We'll see where that gets Oklahoma. Chavis has been pushing really hard for him. Uh, that's going to be an Oregon-Texas battle between Oklahoma. Those three are going to be battling out to the very end. And he's supposed to announce sometime in August as well. I don't know how or who's going to win that one out. I know he comes from a strong Texas background, so he kind of would favor Texas, but Oklahoma's making a surge there. So uh, they're uh, trying to think of some other guys. DJ Hicks, 
I think Oklahoma leads, honestly. And he's going to Grandparents brought him up to Oklahoma this weekend. Uh, he's going to be hanging out. He's been there. He got there yesterday afternoon, evening, and will be there through Saturday. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And as far as Peyton Bowen goes, I think I don't think he ends up at Notre Dame if I was to pick right now. I think it's OU, Texas A&M. I think if Oklahoma can keep him from visiting A&M this weekend – you have to like Oklahoma's chances, especially how Oklahoma is pushing hard for Eli Bowen, his brother. Uh, and there's, you know, if if Notre Dame and Texas A&M aren't pushing that hard for for his brother, and obviously Oklahoma is, that bodes very well for OU in the end. So we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, but look, Oklahoma's surging in recruiting right now. They've got some more commits that could happen in the month of August. Uh, so they're not close to being done. And by January, that's when DJ Hicks is supposed to announce. So uh, there's a long ways to go with this 2023 class and a lot of momentum still left to be had. Good stuff, as always, from Brandon Drum, 247sportsouinsider.com. Thank you again, Brandon. We'll talk again next Friday. Yes, sir. Brandon Drum. When you hear the sound of the drum, you know, it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, imagine Oklahoma adding a bunch of other names to this class and then January uh, adding a DJ Hicks at the end. That that would be incredible. All right, we got a break right here. We got one more segment coming up here from Riverwind Casino. Pa- uh, Parker is back in the Brownell Haver Studios on this Friday. We're moving you towards the weekend. Scotty McCreary, Beats and Bites show, coming up tomorrow night here at Riverwind. Let's uh, take one final timeout, come back, wrap it up next here on The Ref. Here at Riverwind, it is a, a great weekend, a great Friday to get out to the River Buffet and enjoy a steak night, all-you-can-eat steak for $29.99. Seafood night tomorrow night, great brunch on Sunday. Tomorrow night, final appearance of Beats and Bites 2022. Your chance to get out and see Scotty McCreary. The weather's going to be great. By the time Scotty McCreary gets on stage, it's probably going to be around uh, 80 degrees, if that. Um, and uh, tickets are only 5 bucks. Get them online at riverwind.com or here where I am at Riverwind Casino, right by the uh, Showplace Theater at the box office. So Riverwind Casino, always the best promotions, best bars, best dining, best games, best jackpots, and the best service here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. All right, Parker, why don't we close it out, get to as many texts as we can. Seeing tweets that Peyton Bowen is on the OU campus today. Yes, he is. Also, this texture points out his girlfriend is on the OU soccer team. And there's the old saying as it pertains to recruiting, Mike, that girlfriends are undefeated. So it would seem at this point that there's only one relationship that will persist between Peyton Bowen's romantic relationship and his relationship with Notre Dame. So... Uh, OU fans will certainly hope that it is the latter relationship that falls apart. Uh, Also on the text line, if Nelson is out sniffing around, then that means a fat payday will bring him in. A&M can pay top dollar for him, so Riley might be getting embarrassed over this really soon. I love, aren't you supposed to build the best roster of all time out there in L.A., right? According to Mealshoe. Oh man! Couldn't build one in Norman. Couldn't build a, you know the 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 roster that would 
take you to the next level. You couldn't get that done in Norman. How many times is that clip going to get reposted across OU Twitter if Malachi Nelson were to flip? Oh, please. Please let it happen. Football gods, please. <laughs> Border Sooner says, big dose of karma. He went the acrostic route here. Uh, kids already realizing mule shoes a derriere. I'm all in favor. I'm all in favor. I don't know. USC's, what were they uh, last? I think they're 13th nationally. And uh, think about you had two of those guys who were in OU's class, right? Was it two that were in OU's class uh, at one point? Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon. Yeah, I think those yeah. would be the only yeah. two. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, like I said, I I am not in favor of A&M's bag men, per se, even though it's not totally illegal. I mean, it's supposed to be illegal to get them to sign. But uh, in this case, sure, I hope A&M's bag men come through. Wouldn't it be great if, like, Sunday night uh, you got a uh, Malachi Nelson A&M edit out there? 100% committed or something. That would be I, I would I might cry. Tears of joy. Would that accelerate your uh, tra- your traversing through the grief process? Yes, I believe it would. I might get to acceptance. What's I don't know what stage I'm in, but I've been stuck in the anger. St- well, I do know what stage I'm in. Still anger and pettiness, and I've been here for uh, well, pretty much since it happened. It's been eight months now. Eight months, almost mm-hmm. to the day. I'm a small man. What can I say? I am very shallow. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line for a couple more here. Guys, be thankful. No defense. Riley is gone. Wait, what? Oh, uh, I see. Guys, be thankful. No defense. Riley is gone. I, I, there was there was no punctuation in that sentence and no capitalization, so it was a little tough to glean where exactly that particular texture was going but yeah you know what but he's it's really weird that dynamic because people again did they despise lincoln riley they do now obviously but no but at the same time they were very frustrated the biggest the anger was that you don't do that that way to oklahoma when you were given this kind of opportunity you don't do it that way that's where most of the anger comes from. And then seeing, you know, him trying to change the narrative, that's where people are upset. It's not like, oh, my gosh, cannot win with Lincoln Riley. I mean, some of the national people may think that, but I don't think the vast majority of Oklahoma fans ever felt that emotion. You know, I think, again, it was more about, man, really, you're going to do a sturdy like that and then go say you can't build a championship roster in Norman? Well, they've done it seven other times, right? Maybe it was you that couldn't build the roster. I think that's what it was. All right. Thanks to our friends here at Riverwind. Uh, Love the folks out here. Scotty McCreary tomorrow night. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Time to get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas. That is coming up next here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network.